0: So, um, this is going to be unique. I picked up my wrong notebook. Behold <laughs> <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the Spirit, bro. <laughs> Good thing I got my passages already up there. Um, other than that, <laughs> we're rolling. All right, so, Gabby Bible, 2 Corinthians. What was the rest of it, Cody? 120. 2 Corinthians 120. At least I remember my opening passage of the book. (laughs) You got to remember I wrote this stuff down back in November. So, Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. And again, um, still just building on what we've been talking about. And um, just looking at this dual reality of where we live. This is who we are. And so just to point this passage out, I just want to remind ourselves, this is for all God's promises find their what? Yes. Their yes. All of God's promises find their yes of fulfillment in where? Him. Right there in Him. All of it. All of the promises are right there in Him. And as His yes and our amen ascend to God, we bring Him what? Glory. We bring him glory. So in other words, that promise that he was going to what he did when he said it is finished and what he did and what he accomplished, it has been done. And therefore, his yes and his men finds itself where? In us because we're in him. Because we bring it to the table, right? Like he's finished, he's in us, we're in him. And to fulfill that, it's got to be displayed on the earth. And how is it displayed on the earth? Through this. Through us, look at Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians one, verse three. Ephesians one, verse three. Every spiritual blessing in where? In the what? Heavenly realm. Remember, do dose reality. That is you. You are in both places at the same time. You are created a spirit being. Living inside a body which is the natural realm created to live both realms at the same time, simultaneously. Okay? So which one are you more aware of? Okay? Every spiritual how many? Every spiritual blessing think about it. What do we usually use a cop out for saying, All right, you can go to heaven so you can get what? Name them. What do we say? A new body. body. What else? Healing. Deliverance. No more depression. No more of those things, right? Escape. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. Okay? Has. Now listen to this. This is past tense. Past tense. Not future tense. That's a big deal. Because a lot of times, what is our view? Our natural view is what? Future tense. Pine sky, man upstairs, all these kinds of things. That we, terms that we use, that we get used to. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has past tense already been lavish where? Hmm. On us. As a love gift from our wonderful Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because one. He sees us wrapped into Christ. Where were you in the death of Christ? In Him. Where were you in the resurrection? In Him. Where were you in the ascension? Where were you whenever He's seated at the right hand? How does the Father see you? In Christ. This is why we celebrate Him with what? all our hearts all our hearts paul said this is what i'm preaching everywhere this is the great news this is the good news of what i'm preaching everywhere that i go all right what's my next passage? John 19, 28, yes john 19 28 30 remember we started off with all his promises are what Yes and Amen John 19 This is very familiar to us But I just want to point some of these things out um, Pilate had them post a sign over the cross Which was written in three languages Aramaic, Latin, and Greek Many of the people of Jerusalem read the sign For he was crucified in their city Jesus Christ um, That's not right 28 Jesus knew That the mission was what? Accomplished What was the mission? We're about to look at that but to fulfill and to fulfill the scripture, Jesus says, I am thirsty. All right. So some of your translations say he said what? Whenever he says it is finished, what did he say? Tetelestai. Remember that? Um, Greek word tetelestai meaning it is finished. It means all these things in him are done. All right. So the promises, all the promises that led up to this point, what? Tetelestai, finished. Right. The work that he was going to accomplish. Right. All the work that he was going to do, what? Done. Right? What did we just read in Second Corinthians? All the promises, all those things were fulfilled in him, right? And they are yes and they are amen, meaning amen means so be it. Meaning if it is what it is, then let it be. Right? Sing the Beatles. Let it be. Let it be. Okay? Let it be. So let it be. That's us. Like he's established it, right? So if he finished and then he sat down when he's done, what does that mean for us? Think about the creation at the very beginning, right? Six days creating. Then on the seventh day, it said he did what? And he rested, leaving it what? Into our hands. And again, what does he do here? My work is finished. I'm going to what? Sit down. Which means to me, he's placing his faith now in us to say, now go do it. Think about it. He said it is finished. Now look at these passages we're going to go through in John. I'm going to read just a couple of passages just to refresh our memory in John. I think the first one is John chapter one. Is that right? Four. Never mind. You just tell me, that. I just remember the book. John four. What? 34 John 4 34 to clarify Jesus spoke up and said my food is to the will of him who sent me and to bring it to what Mm. like that's his mission I'm going to bring this work to a completion till it is finished what did he say on the cross we just read it it is what it is finished so he said this is my food that I'm getting from my father I want to know what my mission is and I'm going to complete it and I'm going to make sure it's fulfilled so whenever he said it is finished, is it finished? Got to be finished. To be finished. Look at the next one. John 5.32 5.36 Need a hearing aid. But I can provide more substantial proof of who I am that exceeds John's testimony, my miracles. These works which the Father destined for me to what? Complete. Complete. Thanks, Father. So if he completed it, these are the works, he says, that the Father wanted me to do. He destined before I even came here for me to complete. They prove that the Father has sent me. Did he complete them? Yes, they are fulfilled in him, right? Look at John 17:4. Which is y'all know one of my favorite passages, the chapter of all times for me. But John 17:4, I have glorified you on the earth. This is Jesus praying to the Father by faithfully doing everything you've told me to do. So is it done. His part is done, right? Then why are we still begging him to complete something? is my question. Just a question. Just asking. We read these passages, but somehow in our mind forget what it's actually saying. These are the passages Jesus are saying. The passage we just read that Paul says. He says, looking back, past tense, it is done. Right? Jesus says, I've completed it. I've come to complete it. And he says in John 17, right before the crucifixion, that's what I came to do. I did it. Then he says to Telestai, it is finished, meaning all promising, all promises, all fulfillment, all prophecy, everything has been finished, complete. Now it's done. Now what? Now I'm going to show the rulers and principalities of this world, but they're underneath my feet. Therefore, I have included you in all of these processes. I have seated you in heavenly places with me. So therefore, it's under your feet. Why? It's not just so you can sit back and say, hmm, that's pretty cool. It's so that you have a mission now, too. To do what? Bring heaven to earth. And He's made it all possible. Right? The problem usually lies between here, though. That's where the problem lies. We usually can't get it into our head, oh, that's what that meant, right? When we see tragedy on the earth, what do we do? Who do we blame? If you have a renewed mind, we blame Satan. What did we do before our renewed mind? Blame God. Why did God allow this? Why did God do this? Right? So one of the things he began to talk to us early on, two years ago, when we would pray, God, why do we see suffering on the earth? I don't know, Brian, Brent, why do you see suffering on the earth? Mm, that's a big question. Because here he's saying, it's complete in me, right? I'm set down. Now I gave it to you. I'm in you. So therefore, for me to do anything, I have to do it now through, you. see it. We have to get new eyes. We have to get new lenses. We have to get this revelation. Once you get the revelation, you can't undo it. Like once you see it, right? We can't get mad at the world. They don't know what they don't know. We can't get mad at every church on the corner because they don't know what they don't know. Their eyes have not been illuminated yet. But once your eyes are illuminated, you have a job. You have a mission. You can't just sit back anymore. This is your mission. To bring heaven to earth. Don't you see it? See it so far? I mean, we just keep pressing in, right? As Brent said earlier. Got to press in. That the kingdom is here. It is now. It is at hand. And Jesus says in the violent, take it by force. What does that mean? We press into it. We press into the truth that he's given us, right? Even though it may not look like that yet. But what we can't do is create a theology of what we don't see happening yet. We have to create theology based off what Jesus said. He is perfect theology. He showed us what it looks like to be a perfect son, to walk in fullness of stature and fullness in the spirit and fullness in relationship with father. Right, he showed us exactly what that looked like, and he says, "This is what you were supposed to be from the very beginning." Now, do what? Imitate me. Now, what? Be like me. Oh, you say you can't do that? Well, guess what? I'm going to send the Paraclete, the Holy Spirit. He's going to fill you with Me so that you, we can do it together. No excuses, right? No excuses whatsoever. Look at First Corinthians fifteen forty-five. 1 Corinthians 15. The body is sown in decay. I'm going to go back to 43. We'll be raised in immortality. It is sown in humiliation, but will be raised in glorification. It is sown in weakness, but he'll be raised in power. If there's a physical body, there's also a what kind of body? Spiritual body. For it is written, the first man, Adam, became a what kind of soul? A living soul. Right? The last Adam, though, the last Adam, which is who? Jesus. And where is he? He's in you, and you were in him, became a life-giving spirit, which means what? This spirit now gives what? Life. That's why whenever you watch The Chosen and you get engrossed in it, Like you finally put yourself in the story and you're like, this dude just brings life everywhere he goes. I just want to be around him all the time. Right? Because he's life-giving spirit. You are too. The nation should be drawn to your life. The nation should be drawn to your light. I want to say it again. The nation should be drawn to your light. However, the spiritual didn't come first. The natural precedes the spiritual. The first man was from the dust of the earth, meaning Adam. Second man is Yahweh from the realm of heaven. The first one made from dust has a race of people just like him who are also made from dust. The one sent from heaven has a race of heavenly people who are just... We don't want to say this. Remember what our excuse usually is. But that's Jesus. But that was Jesus. I hear that all the time, right? I used to say it all the time. Until you see scriptures. He says there's no excuse. The first one made from dust has a race of people just like him. Who are also made from the dust. The one sent... Why do we have, such, we have such easy mentality to see that we came from Adam, but we can't see we came from Christ? Delusion. The one sent from heaven has a race of heavenly people who are just like who? Him. Once we carried the likeness of the man of dust, but now... Remember, past tense, that's what you used to look like. But now, let us carry the likeness of the man of heaven who is who? Jesus. That's who you are. Now, if I just told you that, you'd be like, what the what? That dude's smoking something. Right? Right? He done picked up some bad stuff and going around. Oh Taylor. (laughs) Me and Taylor talking about that the other day. He done picked up some bad stuff. That's what you would think. Except I didn't just tell you that. I just read that to you. Yes or no? Yes or no? Gotta get it. Revelation. Revelation comes if it doesn't match your theology here and revelation comes, the violent take it by force. What does that mean? Press into the scripture. Press into it. Let it shift your thinking by the renewing of the mind to catch up with what's already happening that he's screaming to you, this is already taking place. Wow. Agree. Agree. That's right. He is waiting what I've always told you. There's Two people in the scriptures, two people still to this day, right? Neither Greek nor Jew nor anything. There's two people, believers and unbelievers. You either believe it or you don't. Yes or no? Yes. Thank you, Monty. Thank you, Monty. All right, Matthew chapter 18. All right, let's go down to verse 18. Receive this truth. Whatever you forbid on earth will be considered to be forbidden in heaven. Think about it. Receive. What did we just say? You've got to believe it. Whatever you forbid on earth will be considered to be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you release on earth will be considered to be released in heaven. Again, I give you an eternal truth. If two of you agree to ask God for something, a symphony of prayer, my heavenly Father will do it for you for two or three come together in honor of my name, I am right there with them. He is giving you some keys to the kingdom understanding. Right? What is he saying? The disciple said, how do we pray? He said, this is how you pray. Our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. Where? As it is in heaven. Right? You have the power. What did we say at the very beginning? We looked at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. All heavenly things. Right? All these blessings in the heavenlies are yours. They're yours right now. To do what with? Bring them here. Right? What did he say here? That's the same thing he's trying to get you to see. What is there is for you to do what? Take it and loose it where? Here. Those things that are not allowed in that realm, you have authority to bind those things and cast them out. Who has authority to do that? Jesus, ultimately, authority, right? Where are you? In Christ. I had to keep saying that because I had to keep reminding you because your thought process wants to immediately go and say, but that was Jesus, I'm Brian. Isn't that what we do? Remember what I told you last week? I speak to you for 40 minutes to an hour and a half, you know, give or take a few minutes, a week. But it's you who is speaking to yourself all the other minutes of the week. Which one are you going to take? Your mind's being renewed constantly by the thought process that is going through what you're meditating on. That's why he says meditate, right? What are you meditating on? Are you meditating on the thoughts that, he is, that the enemy has placed in your thoughts so that that's what you're coming out of you? Or based off of who he says you are, right? I'm just telling you who he says you are now, Right? Past tense, he says, yeah, that was you. Past tense, past tense, past tense. But you've got to get in your mind that we don't live in the past anymore. Remember Lot's wife. Do not look back any longer. Look ahead. Paul says, I forget everything that is behind me, right? He had every good reason to say, I can't do this, God. I killed your people. I persecuted your people. Men, women, children, innocent people. He had every right to say, I can't do this, right? But what did he say? I forget all that was behind me because that wasn't me. That's my old nature. It's gone. Behold, everything now is brand new. Everything now for you, I decree and declare, is brand new. So get the old out of your head. That's not who you are. You are a life-giving spirit. You are to bring life where? Here on the earth. So you have the power to bind, but you also have the power to what? Loose. One more time. Who has the power to do it? You do. All right. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. When Jesus entered the village of Capernaum, a captain in the Roman army approached him asking for a miracle. And Lord, he said, what did he say? What did he call him? Lord, so all of all of a sudden, in his mind, he is acknowledging that he recognizes what rank and order and how things work. And he said, "I have a son who is lying in my home, paralyzed and suffering terribly." And Jesus responded, "I will go with you and do what? And do what? Heal him." But the Roman officer interjected, "Lord, who am I to have you come into my house again?" He acknowledges he is Lord. I understand your what? Authority. I understand your authority. For I too am a man who walks under authority and have authority over soldiers who serve under me. I can tell one to go and he'll go, and another to come and he'll come. I command my servants and they'll do whatever I ask. So I know that all you need to do is stand here. Well, that's Revelation itself right there. Where is he now? He's just sitting there. I know all you need to do is stand here and what? Command healing over my son and he will be instantly healed. He understood authority, right? Think for a cop, for example, right? Let's just say cops out in public and he sees a disturbance happening on the street. He says, oh, no, there's something happening. He goes, jumps in his car, gets on the radio, calls headquarters, calls the sheriff's office. Hey, I need y'all to send me somebody to come take care of this situation. Like, it's just, it's just crazy, and, and, and I just need y'all to send somebody. Headquarters going, bro, you there. You first one on scene, right? Take control of the situation. Like, why are you calling us? You there. Now that wouldn't make sense to us, does it? Then why don't we do that in the spiritual realm? We don't think, we've got in our mind that God can't move until we get ten thousand people on the prayer chain. The gossip chain, I call it. And a man of God to come and lay hands. Right? Not it. Right? Like Brent read that scripture that day. That's not it. No, that's not it. (laughs) That's not it. (laughs) What is it? You all inhabited by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who is authority over and ruler over all these principalities and rulers in darkness of this world. Which is what we looked at last week. Therefore, that they're underneath his feet, therefore they're underneath your feet, right? Therefore, what should you do? I'm not saying we're going and looking for trouble. But I'm saying whenever you are in that situation and you see it, what happens? I say that because you're never supposed to focus on the enemy. We're focusing on the Father. Right, Our focus is here. We're listening here. So therefore, I'm not a reactor towards situations. I'm just walking in confidence in who he is. And when I come into a situation that shouldn't budge me or phase me, I just take care of it. Because he's in me and I'm in him. When I say I take care of it again, I know in our minds we're saying, but you can't do that. You can't do that. Whenever you've got to understand when you're saying I, you're saying me and him are one. When you get that into your brain and start realizing that you and him are one, they are inseparable. They are not two different beings. Just like Father, Son, Holy Spirit are three in one. They're still one being, right? You are two. Right? So you've got to understand this is who you are. And we understand this example, but we've got to understand too that this is, that was a direct example of what we do all the time. We don't understand authority, right? Just because we have the ability, listen to me, just because we have the ability to do something doesn't mean it actually happens, right? I say this, ability equals inactivity. Let that sink in a minute. Ability equals inactivity. It's the same thing. Just because you have the ability doesn't mean you're doing it. The cop had the ability to do what? Take care of the situation and it's done. Did he do anything? No, he was inactive. He wanted to call somebody else to do the job for him. So just because you have the ability, just because I'm showing you these scriptures, that you have the ability to do it, like he's in you, you're in him, doesn't mean that you take action. You still have to take action. You understand? Like you don't just like, well... I guess if we don't get enough people on that prayer chain, it just ain't gonna happen. Or if I can't get Brother Brent to come bring some oil and lay hands on me, it just ain't gonna happen. I know this is tough, guys. I know this is tough, but I'm telling you, you're on a wild ride. He's taking you to places. You to 18. You understand that? You to 18. A pity the fool who's gonna come into the 18, right? I'm showing sure my age. That was when I was a kid watching that show. You understand that, right? There's no plan B. You understand there's no plan B? Like you are. You're, you're, you're the plan. Like it is finished. It is done. I've handed it over to you. Now replicate it. Multiply it over the entire earth, right? Until the glory Till the knowledge of the glory of the Lord covers the waters as the waters cover the sea. The knowledge. Meaning what? It's already happened. But you just got to get people to see it. (laughs) That's a big difference, guys. That's a huge difference. That's a huge difference. So then he says this. So I know that all you need to do is to stand here and command healing over my son and he'll be instantly healed. Jesus was astonished when he heard this and said to those who were following him, he has greater faith than anyone I've ever encountered in Israel. Who? A Roman officer. A Roman officer understands how the kingdom operates better than any Israelite. Isn't that crazy? He has greater faith than anyone I've encountered in Israel. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. Multitudes of Gentiles will stream from the east and the west to enter into the heavenly kingdom with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But many Israelites born to be heirs of the kingdom will be turned away and banished into darkness where there will be bitter weeping and unbearable anguish. Then Jesus turned to the Roman officer and said, Go home. All that you have believed for will be done for you. And his son was healed at that very moment. What was released? A word. That's it. A word. Because he understood authority and he exercised it. This is the same authority that you've been given. You have to see who you are, right? So Paul, look at Ephesians chapter 6. Paul takes us and reminds us. Because here's what we do. There's not a person in this room that doesn't face some kind of physical... Something in the natural realm, right? But we got to get to a place where we understand what we see in the physical is a direct result of what's happening in the spiritual, right? We have to get to that place where we understand that. Like things are, like we were talking about a couple of instances ago. And somebody brought up the question. So, you know, if his kingdom doesn't end and it's supposed to be ever increasing, then I don't see that with my physical eyes. I'm not seeing that. And I said, you've got to understand, too, what's happening in the spiritual realm, right? The enemy can only do what? Try to replicate. He can never create. He's not a creator. He's not a creator. He's a created being, so therefore, he's not a creator, right? So therefore, all he can try to do is replicate. And I brought up this point. I said, "I I want you to tell me how much trouble, when you turn on the news or go anywhere... And it's here now, just like it is everywhere else. How much is there talk about identity? People don't know who they are. You can identify as a cat. You can identify as a dog. You can identify as a 90-year-old woman and be a 4-year-old boy. And it's madness out there that says we have to receive that and accept that, right? Because people just don't even know who they are anymore. And you can just be whoever you want to be. Isn't that a strong thing that's in the, in the world today? Is it not? So then let's dissect it. Let's go to the spiritual realm. If he can only replicate and amp it up, right? If, he's, if his focus is so much, because we see a lot of focus on that, right? In the physical realm. If that's what his focus is on, then think about it. Wouldn't that mean that in the spiritual realm the bride is finally figuring out who she is? You've got to start thinking spiritual more than you're thinking physical. Because whenever I start looking at all those problems, then I want to get mad at the world. And I want to start calling out people's names and saying it's their fault and I can't believe the Democrats did this and the Republicans ain't doing this. And and we start naming names and we start blaming the world for these things that are going on instead of seeing the spiritual realm for what's actually happening. He's mad. He's angry because the church is sitting in rest and figuring out who she is. And as she's doing that the consuming fire love of God is purifying a bride and making herself ready. And it's about to rise up and take her place as a son on the earth and when she does and he does all these things are going to start coming together and the enemy don't like it. do you see that right that's just one example now take that example and apply it to your life let him see the things that are happening in the spiritual realm that are happening in your life and instead of going to fight that thing with a physical manner How about you take it spiritual first, and then when you take care of it in the spiritual, you will have knowledge and understanding and wisdom of how to bring it onto the earth and release it. That's a huge difference. It's a big difference, right? So I'm trying to get us to a place where every one of us in this room can walk in that area, right? Because I can't be everywhere at one time, right? I can't. Like, I want to be, and I love helping everybody in this room. Right, And I and you know I'm going to go and try to help every one of you. So I'm not saying don't ask me for help ever. I'm saying sometimes you're not going to have time to call me. Sometimes you're not going to have time to call Brent. You're not going to have time to call on the elders of the church sometimes. Because you're going to be in a situation that needs to take place right then. And you need the wisdom of God to be able to speak the word in the moment to see it take place. And then when we get to back together on Wednesday night in that little room in there, in the upper room in there, when we're in there, we get to hear the testimony of what you did. And because we're meeting, it's because we're meeting to build one another up in love and good works because we hear of what's happening because you have finally taken your place in the world. Amen. That's where we're headed. Like I said, it's a wild ride, guys. Get ready. Buckle your seatbelt because it's happening. Right? It's happening. Do you agree, man? So we have to prepare our hearts to understand what this actually looks like. I just want to point out this, right? So I give you that, but I will give you some passages to hold on to, right? Put on God's complete set of armor, right? I think this is verse 11. Provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings. And if it's not with human beings, it has nothing to do with worldly human thought processes either. But with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realm. Under the heavenly realm. Under the heavenly realms. Where are you seated? Mm. <laughs> For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. We do not fight against flesh and blood. This is our warfare, right? And it's not really warfare if you understand it. When Jesus was speaking to this Roman official, what did he say? Did he say, let me go in combat in the spiritual realm for 40 days. Or did he just speak a word? See what happens whenever you know who you are. That's why it's so important you get identity. so important you find out who you are, understand who you are, and walk in who you are. They have, they've been stripped of all power. The only power that they have is what you give them. They hide, demonic spirits hide behind human wheels. Do you know that? And since they hide behind human wheels, that's why we want to get mad at the humans. I don't think y'all get getting it. You understand? <laughs> that's why Alex is ready to take his sword out and cut them all up. He said he's the assassin. He's ready to go in, right? They're under our feet. They're beneath our feet. And we have to get that into our heads and understand that's how we operate for they are powerful class of demon gods evil spirits hold on this dark world and bondage Cause of this you must wear the full armor of god to provide so that you protect it to confront the slander who destined you and whenever you look at that full armor it is all not talking about this armor of a roman centurion we're talking about you've been clothed with everything that you need to walk in offense not defense See, defense, if I'm walking in defense and I'm walking in just reaction to everything that the enemy does, that's the lowest level of spiritual authority that there can be. What you are called to do is walk in authority and power in the offense, meaning you're never on defense side. In fact, everything that's described in the armor, there's nothing on the backside. You ever notice that? That's you. That's who you've been called to be, right? So today's gonna to be a little bit different. We get Des to play a minute. And I prepared some shorter passages today so I can have time to do what I wanted to do. The old adage is: "Tell me, I'll forget. You teach me, I'll remember a little bit. But if you include me, I'll remember it. I'll learn it, right?" So some of the things that we used to do, we used to go to the mall and I'd say, all right, don't meet back up until you've had a word for somebody and you go release it. And we'd walk around the mall until everybody got a word for somebody and released it. We would sit in Brent's living room and I'd say, just be quiet, be still, just begin to look in the spirit realm. And whenever he releases something to you and you see it, then we're going to go. Right? We did it even with our kids, not just adults. We did it with our kids. And so when you see something, and even we took nothing for granted, whenever even our little bitty kids would say, I saw this, then we would go. They saw a person like Ezra, he was maybe five back then. And he saw an ambulance headed to the Hospital. what did we do? Take out, right? Braden, this week. If you don't know situation with Mark, but Braden saw in the spiritual realm. Two cop cars going towards his grandpa's house. He had no clue what was going on. He's giving us these things, not so that we get nervous, not so that we, because he got real nervous when he saw it, right? So you got to understand that he doesn't give you these things so that you get apprehension and nervous to let the enemy work in your mind. He gives you these things because he's trying to release something out of your mouth that's going to bring life into the situation. I had an opportunity last week at the men's conference, and I just knew I was supposed to pray over this guy. I had no idea what I was supposed to pray. I just saw his face, and I said, i got to pray for you. So I just began to pray, you know, Scripture over him, but as I, the whole time I'm praying, the scripture like it's just naturally coming out, and while that's happening naturally out of my mouth in the spirit realm, I'm looking, see what I see. I'm just looking around in the spiritual realm. And so, as I'm praying, all of a sudden, I see a picture of his wife, and I said, I see your wife. And so, as I just as what I see, I don't have to have the whole thing played out, just what I see, I just release. I said, I see your wife. After I said, I see your wife, then I see the next picture. And then I said, I see this. And when I see this, this is the next thing I see. I'm trying to remember how much I can release because it's a private. Long story short, this I had no idea anything about them at all. It's not even, you know, I know the guy, but it's not like we had this, you know, relationship. And so... takes the word back to his wife and uh, he said, you know, Brian had a word over me and he spoke, but he said in the word, it was really more he said about you. And I told him of this thing that was happening. And I said, it's not like there's something wrong with y'all's relationship. I said, she just needs you to be present in this moment. She just needs you to really be present and understand and be patient while she's making a decision. I began to see these ropes just tied in knots like this over and over. Just a long rope and being tied and put down. And I explained all that. So I said, not really sure. I don't have a revelation of what this actually means, but I think maybe you'll know. He didn't even think about it. He just started telling her. As he's telling her, she began to weep. She began to cry. And she said, you know, tomorrow is the day that I'm supposed to have that doctor's appointment trying to decide if I want to get my tubes tied or not. so then that led to a deeper conversation. And it really, I said, through this process, is going to bring you two closer together. And he was just overwhelmed of God's goodness that God wants to speak to us directly about every intimate thing with us, right? But the only way that happens is it's released through his people. And so what I'm trying to get us to see is I want us to get us to a place... You notice through this whole thing, I've had my eyes closed because I'm just looking in the spiritual realm. I want us to all be able to get in that place where we see in the spiritual realm so that we're able to release out what He wants out. Got to get to a place where we understand authority and how it works. So we go into the spiritual realm, we see things, right? I've, I've taken you there multiple times at the end of services. We pray in the spirit that is operating the spiritual realm. We pray in the spirit, right? Because it's not beneficial for my mind, but it, oh, it's, it's just beneficial for my spirit. And my spirit, man, is growing, right? And so those are opportunities. But another way is prophesying and seeing these things come to pass. And so we're just going to be still for a minute. And this is what we're going to do. And Even if you've never done anything like this before, I just want to encourage you to step out on faith. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K, risk. Take a risk. Put yourself out on the limb where the fruit is buried. So just with me for a minute, take a deep breath in. We just breathe in Yahweh. We release, as we breathe out, we release everything we brought in here with us, all tension, all stress, all worries, all depression, all anxiety, our thoughts on the negative, our thoughts on, I need this, I need that. God, I need you to do this, I need you to do this. And we're just releasing all that. Just let it go. Again, take a deep breath in. We breathe the the Yahweh in. Slowly, we just release all that. clear in our minds. One more time. Just deep breath in. Breathe life in. The very Spirit of God, the Ruah of God, and we breathe out. Mm. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to, in this posture of rest, Now, if God gives you a specific word, I want you to go to that person and release a specific word. But even if it's just like me, all you see is their face. I don't want you to sit there and wait. Okay, God, give me the word that I need to give this person. Just the first person, when I get through talking, the first person that's in this room that comes to your mind without opening your eyes, the first person that you see, I want you to go to them and start praying. Now, if you get the word on the way to them, release that word. But if you don't get the word, you just begin to immediately start praying for them. And if you get a word while you're praying, release it. Either way, be obedient. A lot of times he speaks to me in pictures. A lot of times he speaks to me. I'll see words or phrases. Trust that. Don't be scared about it. And so, like this is one of the things that'll hold us back. We'll say, well, how I know that's not me and it's actually God. Like, well, if I'm just making it up, or is it God? Here's the thing. If you're going to help somebody, either way, does it hurt? The way we begin in this, like we all take baby steps in every walk in our faith. And you've got to begin to take baby steps so that you get to the place that you're walking in confidence. So that's why I say, no one's left out today. First person you see, I want you to get up. I want you to go to that person and start praying. If you have a specific word, give it. Look for the spiritual word and go release it. Ready? Go. Don't delay. First person. Don't treat it like a card deck and you see the first person that comes to your mind and say, Nope. I don't have nothing for them. Nope. That's not the way spirit works. The first person you see in your mind, that's the person he wants you to go to. Don't flip through the card deck and say, no, give me somebody else. Go to that person. Be released.